Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. There's a very perplexing incident that takes place in Parashat Behalotecha with Miriam Hanebiah. Miriam, the prophetess, Moshe and Aharon's older sister. You see, she was extremely righteous, one of the three leaders of B'nai Israel throughout their journey in the Midbar. All of the people quenched their thirst in the desolate, terrifying desert from the pure waters of her well, Be'erashel Miriam. Yet towards the end of this week's parasha, we learned that Miriam and Aharon spoke what appears to be, at first glance, to be Lashon Hara of Moshe Rabbeinu. And as a consequence, she was stricken with Tzarat and prompted Moshe Rabbeinu to pray for her, El Na Efanala. Tonight's shiur is sponsored by Mr. and Mrs. Luis Atias in memory of his mother, Yochevet Atias, May the words of Torah that we say tonight, the lessons that we learned, the explanations that we come up with, explaining why Miriam did such a thing, how she did such a thing, the Torah tells us in Parashat Ki Take care in regard to Tzarat to be very careful and to act according to everything that the Kohanim and the Leviim shall instruct you. Just like I've commanded them, you shall be careful to perform. Zachor et asher asa Hashem lohecha lemiriam. Remember what Hashem, your God, did to Miriam, baderech betzedchem mimitzrayim, on the way when you were leaving Egypt. Here Rashi comments, if you wish to take care not to be stricken with tzarat, very simple, don't speak Lashon Hara. Remember what was done to Miriam, who spoke against her brother, Moshe Rabenu and then was stricken with lesions. We see from here, we read this awful story about Miriam in Parashat Behalotecha every year. We need to have in mind to actually fulfill this positive commandment of Zachor et Asher Asa Hashem Lohecha Le Miriam. Remember what Hashem, your God, did to Miriam. It behooves us to explain, to consider what caused Miriam, the great and righteous prophetess, to speak so ill of her brother Moshe. We will begin by examining the Torah's account on how this story actually evolved. The Torah tells us, Miriam and Aharon spoke about Moshe regarding the Kushi woman he had taken, for he had married a Kushi woman. Here Rashi tells us that Miriam was the one who initiated the speaking, and that is why the Pasuk mentions her first before Aharon. And with regards to the wording regarding the Kushi woman, this was her comments were said in regards to her being sent away. Tzipporah, Moshe's wife, was sent away by Moshe. Why does the Torah inform of the fact that she was a Kushi woman? So Rashi tells us, quoting the Midrash, because you can have a woman who is pleasing in her beauty, but not so pleasing in her actions. Or you could have a woman who is pleasing in her actions, but not so pleasing in her beauty. But this one, Sipora, was pleasing in all respects. The Kushi woman, because of her beauty, 
because she was kushi, like a person who calls his beautiful son kushi, so that the evil eye will not affect him. He married a kushi woman, and Moshe sent her away. The Torah presents Miriam and Aharon's justification. They said, was it only with Moshe Rabbeinu that Hashem spoke, that he felt the need that he needed to send away his wife? Did he not speak with us as well? Hashem, Hashem heard this evil talk. And Moshe Rabbeinu was extremely humble, more than any other man on the face of the earth. We will see from the words of the Rambam later on that Miriam actually mistakenly compared and equated Moshe to other Nevi'im. Therefore, when she and Aharon saw that HaKadosh Baruch Hu endowed them with the gift of Nevuah as well, with prophecy, and they were not told to separate from their spouses, they concluded that Moshe Rabenu should not have separated from his wife. They assumed that he must have decided to do so on his own. Apparently, this is the reason why the Torah goes on to explain why they made this mistake in judgment. Moshe Rabbeinu was extremely humble more than any person on the face of the earth. Because of his extreme humility, he chose not to reveal to his brother and sister the magnitude, the uniqueness of the power of his own nevuah. As a result, they disparaged him for separating from his wife, which actually caused Hashem to reveal the truth to them. The Torah tells us, Hashem said suddenly to Moshe and Aaron and Miriam, Go, you three, go out to the oil moed, and the three of them went out. And Hashem descended in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent. And he called Aharon and Miriam, and they both left. God said, Please listen to me. If there shall be a Navi among you, in a vision shall I make myself Hashem known. In a dream I speak with him. Lo ken avdi Moshe. This is not true with Moshe. Bechol beti neeman hu. Moshe Rabenu, my entire house is trusted. Pe el pe adaber bo umare velo bechidot. I speak to him in a vision. I speak to him not in riddles. I don't. I. Uh, he's the image of Hashem is direct at him. Why do you not fear to speak about my servant, Moshe? So HaKadosh Baruch Hu made it very clear to Miriam and Aharon that Moshe Rabbeinu was of a different breed. He was a different sort of Navi. HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed himself to him through a very illuminating, a clear vision. He spoke with him directly, not the same way he spoke to Moshe and uh, to Aharon and Miriam. Therefore, at the time of Matan Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded him to separate from his wife, saying, Ve'ata po amod imadi. But as for you, you stand here with me, so that you would be able to be with me, available to be ready to speak with me. And therefore, to emphasize this point, at the end of the Torah, it describes Moshe, Ve'lo kam navi od ke Moshe, asher panim et panim. 
Never again has there arisen in Israel a Navi like Moshe, who Hashem had known face to face. The Rambam, Rabbeinu Moshe ben Maimon, who earned the famous accolade, Mi Moshe ad Moshe lo kam ke Moshe, from Moshe Rabbeinu to Moshe ben Maimon, no one has risen like Moshe. He deduced from the nature of Moshe Rabbeinu's nevuah, primarily from this Pesukim, um, and explains how it differed from the rest of the Nevi'im that preceded him and that followed him. What he says is unbelievable. He says in Hilchot Yesodea Torah, what's the difference between Moshe's prophecy and that of the other Nevi'im? Divine insight is bestowed upon all other Nevi'im in a vision or in a dream. Moshe Rabbeinu would prophesy while he's standing, while he's awake. When Moshe Rabbeinu came to the oil moed, he spoke with Hashem, he heard the voice. Divine insight is bestowed upon all the Nevi'im through a malach, and therefore they only see an image, they only see allegories. Moshe Rabbeinu would prophesy without a malach. There was no need for an intermediary. Pe el pe adaberbo. Mouth to mouth I speak with him. Hashem spoke to Moshe panim el panim. And therefore he gazed upon the image of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There was no metaphor. He would perceive the entire matter in its complete fullness, with no metaphor, no allegory. And he was promised by Hashem at the time of Matan Torah, you go tell them return to your tents. Everybody else, after the giving of the Torah, go home. But you stand here together with me. And the Rambam explains, when prophecy departs from all the other prophets, they return to their tents when they finished interpreting the image or the dream. They, they, they go back to whatever they need to do in their home. Uh, therefore, and they're with their wives, but you, you stay here, and you have to separate from your wife. And Moshe Rabbeinu never returned to his original tent. Therefore, he separated from his wife and everything of nature forever. His mind was completely bound to the Tzur Olamim, the eternal rock. That glory never left him. And he became like a, a living Malach. Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu initially invite all three leaders, Moshe, Aharon, and Miriam, to the Oil Moed, even though immediately afterwards he calls upon Aharon and Miriam to exit, leaving Moshe alone in the Ohel Moed? At that point, HaKadosh Baruch Hu addressed Aharon and Miriam and revealed to them the unique status of Moshe's prophecy. It appears that we can explain based on the words of the Navi, the Navi Micha, who writes, Ki he'eliticha me'eretz Mitzrayim u'mibet abadim pediticha va'eshlach lefanecha et Moshe Aharon u'miriam. Navi says, for I, have, <clears throat> for I have taken you out of the land of Mitzrayim, redeemed you from the house of slaves, and I sent Moshe Aharon u'miriam before you. It's very clear and very evident from this pasuk that Hashem sent three children of Amram and Yochevet, Moshe Aharon u'miriam, to guide B'nai Israel and lead them throughout the Exodus in Mitzrayim. This is why the Gemara in Masechet Tani tells us, Shelosha Parnasim Tovim Amdu Israel. There were three preeminent leaders that arose for the Jewish people. Who are they? Eluhen, Moshe, Aaron, Umiriam. Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. Ufshalosh Matanot Tovot Nitnu Al Yadam. And three outstanding gifts were bestowed on their account. What are they? Ve'eluhen, Be'er, Ve'anan, Vaman. You had the well. You had the cloud of glory and the man. Be'er bishchut Miriam. The well was provided in the merit of Miriam. Amud anan bishchut Aharon. The cloud of glory, the pillar of cloud, is in the merit of Aharon. And man bishchut Moshe. And the man from Shamayim fell in the merit of Moshe. These three great leaders, 
these three great personalities guided B'nai Israel through their years in the Midbar. According to the Midrash Sochertov, all these three great leaders were given Nevu'ah. Midrash says, Chachmot Nashim Banta Beitah, the wise among women, each builds her house. Who is this referring to? Zu Yocheved. This is re- in reference to Yocheved She'emidah Shloshat Tzadikim, who managed to raise three Tzadikim, Ushloshtan Na'asu Parnasim, three became leaders. Again, Moshe Alaman, Aharon Alananim, Miriam Alabe'er, Moshe on the manna from the heavens, Aharon on the clouds, and Miriam on the wall, on the well. Ushloshtan Hayu Nevi'im, and all three were prophets, Uminayim. The Torah tells us there was no other Navi like Moshe ever. With Aharon it says, And by Miriam, Not only that, we know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, one of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name is Shalom. Midrash tells us, Gadol Shalom Sheshemo Shel HaKadosh Baruch Hu Nikra Shalom. Great is peace, that the name of Hashem is peace. And we see in many places, it says, Hashem Shalom. For that reason, the Gemara teaches in Masechet Shabbat, Asu l'adam sheiten shalom l'chavero bebet ha-merchat. A person cannot greet a person using the name Shalom in a bathhouse. Yishum she'emar v'ikra lo Hashem Shalom. Because we know that Hashem's name is Shalom. So when HaKadosh Baruch Hu heard Aharon and Miriam's misguided comments about Moshe, he recognized them as early signs of discord amongst the Jewish leaders these three leaders, and all of a sudden he says, I can't let this happen. He summoned all three leaders for the only time we see in the entire Torah to meet in the Oel Moed, these three at the same time. And Hashem said suddenly to Moshe, to Aaron and Miriam, you three go to the Oel Moed right now. And all three went out. And they were. he was informing them at the utmost, of the utmost importance that these three leaders, you three, need to be united. You need to be at peace with each other. Nevertheless, HaKadosh Baruch Hu found it necessary to inform them that while they were all three leaders were Nevi'im, prophets, leaders, Moshe Rabbeinu was different. His level of Nevi'ah surpassed theirs and all the others. Hashem descended in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent and He called out to Aharon and Miriam and the two of them went out. Hashem had the two of them vacate the premises, leaving Moshe Rabbeinu there alone. What was the purpose of this? Hashem was informing them that only Moshe Rabbeinu belonged in the Ohel Moed. Only Moshe Rabbeinu belonged in the spot to receive the word of Hashem from between those two Keruvim. It is there that I shall arrange from you and arrange an audience with you. From there, between the two Keruvim that are on the Aron of the, Aron of the testimony, that everything I tell you with regards to Bnei Israel, I'm going to tell you from there, only Moshe Rabbeinu. So we need to explain what caused Miriam, the great and righteous prophetess, to complain to Aharon about Moshe leaving his wife. Regarding Moshe's birth, it's written in Sefer Shemot, right at the beginning of Parshat Shemot, Vayelech ish mi bet levi, vayikach et bat levi, vatar aisha vatelet ben, vatere oto kitovhu, that a man from the house of Levi went and took the daughter of a Levi. And the woman conceived and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was good. Gemara Masechet Sota, quoted by Rashi, Dafyud Bet Amur Aleph, 
says the following, And a man from the house of Levi went. But the Torah doesn't actually tell us where he went. It just says he took a daughter of Levi for a wife. So the Gemara explains, Where did he go? Rav Yehuda Barzavina. Rav Yehuda Barzavina says, He went according to the advice of his daughter. Tana is taught in a Braita. Amram Gadol Hador Haya. Amram, Moshe Rabbeinu's father, was the leader of the generation. The Gadol Hador. Kevan Shegazar Paro Aharasha. Since Paro, the evil one, decreed, Kola Ben Hayilod Hayora Tashihu, that all the boys that are born need to be thrown and drowned in the river. Amar, he said, Lashavanu Amelin. Are we here working, getting married for, for nothing, for not, just so that our children be killed? Amad ishto. So he got up and he divorced his wife. Amdu kulan et So, being the Gadol Hador, everybody imitated him. They all wanted to copy what he did. So they all got up and they divorced their wives. All of the Jewish people at that moment divorced their wives. Amnal Lobito, the Gemara explains that his daughter, Miriam, went up to him and said, Abba, yoter mishel paro. Your decree is worse than Paro's decree. She paro lo gazar zecharim. Paro only decreed against the boys, the males. And you are decreeing against the males and the females by you separating from your wife and thereby causing everybody else to divorce their wives. Now no children are going to be born. No males or females. Paro lo gazar ela ba'olam hazeh. Paro is only decreed against life in this world. Ve'ata ba'olam hazeh u'olam haba. And you have decreed against life in this world and the next. Paro harasha safek mitkayemet gezerato safek ena mitkayemet. Regarding Paro, it's uncertain whether his decree will be carried out or not. Atat tzadik. Bevaday gezeh shegezacha mitkayemet. But you are a tzadik. It's certain that your decree will be carried out. Shneemar. As it says in Sefer Iov, you would utter a decree and it would be done. So Amram, the father of Miriam, listened to this, says, Wow, daughter, you got some good points here. He got up and he remarried his wife. And everybody else got up and remarried their wives. And that's what it means. That he went with the advice of his daughter, and remarried his wife, Yocheved. So we see from this Pasuk, what do we see from this Pasuk? That Moshe Rabbeinu, B'nai Israel's Savior, was born because of Miriam's persuasive influence over her father Amram. He married, he remarried Yocheved, and following suit, all of B'nai Israel remarried their wives. So all the people in Mitzrayim that were born, that were Jewish born in Egypt, owe their existence to Miriam. So what happened? What happened that fateful day where she spoke to Aharon about Moshe? She noticed her brother Moshe had separated from his wife, but she was unaware that he had been commanded to do so from HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself because he had this elevated level of Nebuah. What, did this ha- what happened? This reminded her of what her father did, her father Amram. He separated from his wife, Yocheved, and all of Bnei Israel followed suit. And due to her, to her influence, he returned to his wife and Moshe was born. Similarly, all of Bnei Israel also remarried their wives and produced Bnei Israel.
So at this point, when she saw that Moshe Rabenu separated from his wife Zipporah, she could not desist. She could not believe that his brother, that her brother, was would leave Zipporah, his wife, who was such an outstanding, meritorious woman. She decided she needs to intervene. I need to do something. Just like she did with her father Amram. She felt it was her obligation to influence Moshe to return to his wife. Yet, instead of discussing the matter directly with Moshe, the Torah tells us she went to her brother, Aharon. Miriam and Aharon spoke about Moshe regarding the Kushit woman he had taken. And despite all her amazing attributes and accomplishments and her empathy for Tziporah, she was punished severely for speaking Lashon Hara about Moshe Rabbeinu. Again, the Rambam, Moshe ben Maimon, writes in Hichot Tumat he describes in detail the importance of the command to remember what Miriam did. The Torah warns us about the importance of taking care about, uh, with regards to the mitzvah of Tzarat. Remember what Hashem did to Miriam. What is the Torah implying? What is it teaching us? Says the Rambam, contemplate what happened to Miriam the prophetess. She spoke against her brother. She was older than him. She raised him. She had endangered herself uh, to save him from the sea. She did not speak so badly of him. She just made a mistake in equating him with all the other prophets. And Moshe, being that he was so humble, he didn't object to any of this. But she was punished with Sarat. So what do we see from here? A person who, uh, if Miriam is punished with Sarat immediately for something that she really didn't even do wrong, she didn't even know about it because she was never told by Moshe about his level of Nebuah. She just made a mistake equating him with the other, other prophets, and she was punished with Sarat. Alachad kama bekama, that a person who surrounds himself with Lashon Hara and speaks evil and slanders others with intent, all the more so, they'll be caught up in a web of wickedness and foolishness, says the Rambam. Vayichar af Adonai bam vayelach vahanan sar me'ala oed miriam metzorat kashalig. Hashem got upset. His anger flared up against him and he left. The cloud departed from the oil and behold, Miriam was afflicted with tzarat like snow. Aaron looks at Miriam and she is now uh, afflicted with tzarat. Moshe cried out to Hashem saying, Please, God, heal her now. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't actually have to pray on behalf of Miriam to find cause for mercy, as he did after the Chet Egel, All he said was five words, El na refa nala, please God heal her now. It's as if he was saying to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Liz, Borei Olam, Master of the Universe, who knows better than you, than my sister, this righteous woman, didn't really intend to disparage me. After all, I was born because of her. She endangered her life to save me from drowning and starving on the de- uh, uh, to death on the banks of the Nile River. In fact, HaKadosh Baruch Hu accepted his tefillah and saved and healed Miriam. However, she needed to remain secluded outside the camp for seven days because it was necessary to teach Am Yisrael a vital lesson concerning Lashon Hara and to stay away from it as much as possible. What does Hashem actually tell Moshe? If you 
go through on the story. The next pasuk is a little bit strange. Vayomer Hashem el Moshe. Hashem said to Moshe, Ve'avia yarok yarak befanea haloti kalem shivat yamim. And were her father to spit in her face, would she not be humiliated for seven days? Therefore, tisager shivat yamim michutz amachane ve'achar She needs to be quarantined outside the camp for seven days, and then she may be brought in. Pasuk says, Vatisager Miriam Mahane. Miriam was secluded outside the camp for seven days. Shivat Yamim, Veha'am lo nasa ad he'asef Miriam. And the people did not journey until Miriam was brought in. There is a fascinating comment from the Dat Azekanim Ibalea Tosfot. They find Hashem's remark very surprising. This opening question, this rhetorical question to Moshe Rabbeinu. And were her father to spit in her face, would she not be humiliated for seven days? What's going on over here? After all, first of all, her father Amram was no longer alive. So why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu mention this needless fact? So they interpret the question based on elucidation of the Gemara in Masechet Sotah, which is related to a pasuk in Shirat Ayam. The pasuk in Shirat Ayam, right at the end of Azir Shim Moshe, the Torah tells us, Vatikach Miriam achot aharon, that Miriam, who was the prophetess, achot aharon, the sister of Aaron, and the Gemara wonders why is it that uh, she was um, called or referred to as achot aharon, the sister of Aaron, and not the sister of Moshe. So the Gemara tells us, Melamed, to teach us, She was already prophesizing when she was just the sister of Aharon. Miriam was uh, three years old or so when Aharon was born. Already she was prophesizing. Omeret, she would say, My mother in the future is going to give birth to a son who will save Am Yisrael. When Moshe Rabbeinu was born, the entire house was filled with light. Her father stood up and kissed her on the head. My daughter, your, your prophecy has been fulfilled. Wow, unbelievable. But when they took Moshe and was, he was placed in the river, that her father got up and slapped her on the head. My daughter, where's your nevuah? He's upset. What happened to your nevuah? My son's in the river. And this is the meaning of the pasuk. That she stood from a distance to know what will happen to him, her brother. In other words, what is going to be the outcome of her nevuah? According to the Data Zekelimi Baal they interpret Hashem's remark, were a father to spit in her face for seven days, for, spit in her face, would she not be humiliated for seven days? They say that Hashem was alluding to an actual event that transpired. A fascinating chidush we're about to say. Amram, 
Miriam's father slapped her on the head after Yocheved left Moshe on the bank of the river. It was if he was spitting in Miriam's face. It was if he was discrediting her nevuah. And then the Balei Tosfot interpret the pasuk, His sister stood at a distance. Since her father, the leader of the generation, discredited her and reprimanded her, she was kept at a distance apart from all of her friends, apart from all of her family, apart from all of her acquaintances for seven days. And this is actually reflects what is done to Amit He will sit outside the camp, quarantined for seven days. So the message that Hashem is conveying to Moshe, and were her father to spit in her face, would she not be humiliated for seven days? When her father reprimanded her, she was kept apart for seven days. So now too, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu reprimanded her for speaking ill about Moshe, who was the leader of the generation, then would it also be appropriate that she be quarantined outside the camp for seven days? And only then she can be brought in. This is the gist of the Chidush of the Baalei Tosfot. In fact, there is a Midrash Socher Tov that says, actually specifically, that Amram spit in Miriam's face. Hagera be'oz motnea The Pasuk in Mishle, Eshet Chayil, says, With strength she girds her loins and invigorates her arms. Zu Miriam. This is Miriam. Why? Shekodim shenolad Moshe. Because prior to Moshe Rabbeinu being born, Amrashi said, Atida imi sheteled ben shemoshiat Israel. My mother is destined to give birth to a son who is going to save Ben Israel. Kevan shenolad, when he was born, bekavad alehen ol shibud, and the burden of their labor was intensified. Amad avia vetapcha avrosha. Her father proceeded to slap her on the head. Amar la hecha nevuatech. Where is your prophecy? He stood up and spit in her face. He spit in her his daughter's Miriam's face. Notwithstanding, she continued to believe in her nevuah. With strain, she girds her loins and invigorates her arms. So we have an explicit source here that Amram actually spit in his daughter Miriam's face thinking that she had misled him. So Hashem's remark was accurate. And were her father to spit in her face, would she not be humiliated for seven days? Based on everything that we've learned, we can probably apply this to the Gemara Masechet Sota. Another Gemara Masechet Sota, Davtet Amudbet, that states, Miriam himtina le Moshe. Miriam waited for Moshe sha'achat, one hour. The Pasuk says her, his sister stood at a distance. Lefichach, therefore, nitakbu la Yisrael zayin yamin bamidbar. Bnei Yisrael delayed their departure in the Midbar for seven days. Pasuk says the people did not journey until Miriam was brought in. And the Mefarshim are perplexed, and they wish to explain how the waiting of seven days corresponds to her waiting for one hour of Moshe Rabbeinu. But based on what we learn from the Baalei Tosfot, it's actually explained very nicely. 
There are two interpretations of that pasuk, the first explanation, which is a simple explanation, the one that we grew up learning, the one that's most straightforward, is that she watched from afar to see what would become of the nevuah that this child was destined to be Israel's savior. I want to know if my nevuah is going to come true. I want to know if indeed what I saw, that my brother is going to be the savior, that my mother will give birth to the savior. And she was there, she was watching, hoping for it to become true, even after her father questioned her. But the second interpretation, the novel interpretation of the Balei Tosfot, that Miriam was quarantined for seven days because she was discredited, disparaged, and reprimanded by Amram, her father. doesn't mean that she was standing in the Nile watching her brother. But means she was far away. The meaning of the Gemara means Miriam waited one hour for Moshe. His sister stood at a distance. She continued to believe wholeheartedly that her baby brother was destined to be the Israel savior. And her father denounced her. Look, how can you still believe this? Look where your brother is. He's in the Nile. He's in a basket. What's going to be of him? He slapped her in the head. He spit in her face. And her friends distanced from her for seven days. And to make amends for her wrongful condemnation, B'nai Israel delayed their departure for seven days. She was away for seven days from her friends and from her family and for her acquaintances, even though she was right. So B'nai Israel is going to wait for her for seven days. So when Hashem says to Moshe, and were father to spit in her face, would she not be humiliated for seven days? Let her be quarantined outside the camp for seven days, and then she will be brought in. It seems very bewildering. Why is Akados Baruch Hu comparing her current punishment with the fact that Amram spit in her face and distanced her for seven days? Because in that case, Amram, her punishment was unwarranted. And after all, her nevuah was spot on. Her baby brother indeed was the, the, the Moshiach of Israel. So how can you make the comparison? So it seems that Kadosh Baruch Hu was alluding to the fact that just as she was punished back then with ha- having done anything wrong, so too her current punishment, being afflicted with Tzarat, being quarantined for seven days for speaking disparagingly about Moshe, that also was not entirely warranted. In fact, it was just an elucidation of the famous pasuk in Tehilim, Usvivav nisara me'od, melamed she'akadosh baruch hu medatek im sevivav kechut asara. The David HaMelech tells us in Tehilim, his surroundings are extremely turbulent. And the Gemara here expounds that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is exact with the people who are close to him, to the extent of a sa'ara, of a se'ar, of a hair's breadth. Nisara and turbulent, and sa'ara, strand of hair, is the same word. This is actually similar on how Moshe uh, consoled Aharon after the death of his two sons, Nadav and Abihu. But Pasuk says, Vayomer Moshe el Aharon, Moshe said to Aaron, Of this did Hashem speak, saying, I will be sanctified through those 
who are close to me, and I will be honored before the entire people. And Rashi actually clarifies and says, when Hashem carries out judgment to the tzaddikim, or against the tzaddikim, He is feared and exalted and lauded. If it is so with these, all the more so with the wicked. Hashem deals with the tzaddikim with a, with a, with a pick, with, with, with tooth and nail, with something so, so small, every small action that they do. They're judged very strongly because to Hashem, the greatest beracha that He can give is to meet out everything they need in this world so that all the benefit and all the sachar for them is reserved in the next world. And that's exactly what He did with Miriam. In fact, the Chatam Sofer writes with regard to that pasuk in Kitese that we quoted at the beginning. Zachor et asher asa Hashem Miriam. Remember what Hashem your God did to Miriam. And he writes, Ulfi tati, in my humble opinion, Zachor et Hashem et asher asa Hashem Miriam. What does that mean? Kevod vetova al shehimtina al Moshe Sha'a. The commandment to remember is to remember the honor and kindness that Miriam, uh, with which Hashem treated Miriam for for waiting one hour for Moshe. And as a result, Bnei Israel waited seven days for her. Bnei Israel waited seven days to make amends for the seven days that her father distanced her without cause. So we can understand not only the reason for her punishment, but the degree of her righteousness. Nevertheless, we cannot lose sight of the fact that Miriam was punished for seven days as a result for saying something, Lashon Hara, about her brother, which wasn't even really Lashon Hara. She just didn't know. She just didn't know. It just didn't make sense to her. She was a prophetess. Aharon, her brother, was a prophet. There were so many other prophets that came before her. So many were going to come after her. None of them separated their wives. Tipora was such an incredible lady that possessed so many so many wonderful qualities. Moshe, I don't understand. Why are you leaving your wife? Why, why, why is it that you're leaving her by herself? How can this be? We're all prophets. We're all with our spouses. Moshe was so humble. He just didn't want to explain. He was different than everybody else. He was expla- He didn't want to explain that he was panim el panim. Pe el pe adaber bo. So he kept quiet. And Hashem had to explain it to Miriam. You guys come over here. I want all of you together. Number one. Number one. You three are the leaders. You are running the show right now. You are going to carry this nation for the next 40 years, and you need to be on the same page. You cannot fight, you cannot bicker with each other, you cannot go against each other, you cannot butt heads with each other. That's number one. As leaders, you got to work together. And number two, I'm pulling you and Aharon, your brother, out. And once out, pointed to Moshe from a distance, to Moshe from a distance, and you see your brother Moshe, only he's in the oil moed, because he's different. He's different, and you need to understand that. You need to understand that he is not like the rest of the Nebi'im. And because you chose not to address your issue directly with Moshe, because you chose to speak about it with your brother, I have to punish you with Tzarat immediately. And it's deserving so. It's deserving so. If you, if, if, if your father, uh, if your father was to spit in the face, would you not do it? Even though your intent was good, even though you you were the one who got your father Amram to go back to Yocheved, and you saw this happening, and you wanted Moshe to go back to Tziporah because it didn't make sense to you, but it doesn't it doesn't overshadow that of the of the lashon hara that you spoke. 
Rabotai, as we uh, conclude this class, it's important to know the severity about speaking Lashon Hara. It is something that is rampant in the community. It's something that we need to constantly work upon ourselves. Uh, and, you know, Halvai, if, if, you know, that, that we, we, we focus on a few minutes during the day where, or maybe an hour, we say, you know what, I'm not going to speak Lashon Hara. I'm going to make extra efforts. We see what the punishment used to be. If these punishments were around today, we would all be isolated. We'd all be quarantined constantly because we wouldn't be able to control ourselves when we control our mouths. HaKadosh Baruch Hu judges the tzaddikim kechuta sa'ara. We all consider, we all want to be our tzaddikim. We all, we, you know, we pray that Hashem treat us like tzaddikim. But in order to do that, we need to act like a tzaddik. We need to watch what comes out of our mouth. We need to watch what we say. We need to watch the comments that we say to people. We need to be positive. We need to be smiling. We need to make people feel happy. The moment things come out of our mouths, the moment we say statements and sentences that can bring ill feelings and bring a person down, then what have we gained? Then what have we gained? Bezat Hashem, we should find the strength, we should find the kolach to be like the tzaddikim, that we that we watch our mouths wherever whatever we say, and with that we will be zochem to Bezrat Hashem, come back together with the great leaders of the past, Moshe, Aharon, Miriam, and all the great Nevi'im that use their their mouths to speak with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, to communicate with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's what our mouths should be used for: direct communication with Hashem through Tefillah, through Tzedakah, through all the the, the beautiful Berachot that we that, that the opportunities that are given to us, and through that will be Zocher to. Amen. Have a wonderful night.